0: An unmatched dual threat. Blue liar
1: Let's fuck this shit. It's only a game. Why do you have to? Be-
0: I think they, everybody is going to hear my um, very loud air conditioning AC window unit in this episode, and um, you're just going to have to deal with it, because my air conditioning in my house is broken, and it's getting fixed right now, but it's, it's DC in the summer, and so... Freon, who needs it? Yeah. F- who needs Freon? Apparently us. You need that as a key ingredient for air conditioning. <laughs> First, welcome to Puck Bunnies. It's a a podcast about hockey, brought to you by Blue Wire, and this week by Lifeway. I'm Audrey. I'm Christina. And this week, we are so happy to welcome Washington Post reporter Samantha Pell, who covers the Washington Capitals. Sam, hi. Hello, hi.
1: (laughs) Hello from the bubble, hello. (laughs) Yes, hello from Toronto, from my hotel room, yes.
0: Are you sick of your hotel room? I know that you finally got permission to leave a couple of days ago, but
1: wow, freedom. I know, freedom. They actually, so they moved me... They, like, moved my room after 14 days. So I was stuck in my hotel room for 14 days, and they felt so bad that I couldn't leave. that They were like, let us upgrade you. Like, let us, like, move you to a new room. And I was like, great. Give me everything you have. Wait. So what did you do for 14 days? That's, like, (laughs) kind of a dream to (laughs)
0: Like, your steps of (laughs) processing during the 14-day quarantine when you
1: got there yeah so I feel like I got there day one it was the same day the team got there like on a Sunday night and I was like you know what this is gonna be fine the NBA writers have done seven days like they were complaining about it and I was like a little nervous and I was like you know what it'll be fine I don't need to go outside I can like sit in bed or on the couch and like watch Netflix and binge shows and whatever it's kind of a dream come true like I can't actually leave my room I can't be social like sort of quarantine all over again but yeah, I would say like the first four or five days, <clears throat> I was like, you know what? This is fine. I'm still doing my thing, still working. I'm still getting like, you know, room service or like, ordering Uber Eats and then bringing it up to me and they like drop off the food at my door. They knock and then they like nice. run away. I never <laughs> saw a person. There was always just like, I have to yell thank you down the hallway, which was wild.
0: <laughs> Were you like alone on
1: your floor? I think so. Like I didn't, it was dead oh. It was dead silent, guys. Like I didn't hear anyone around me. Haunted mansion. <laughs> Samantha, you literally just lived the of The Shining.
0: <laughs> yeah. For two weeks.
1: Yeah, that's true. Wow. Well,
0: now looking that. Do you have back, any word files that say all uh, work and no play? Just just ask.
1: <laughs> I had some really questionable like work document titles of like, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> day nine, am I really here?
0: How did I get here? <laughs> yeah, how did I get
1: here? <laughs> what is happening? But yeah, I would say like day eight, nine, I was like, this is horrible. I can't do this. Let me out. I couldn't open a window. I couldn't walk out my door, like walk in the hallway. And then by, like, day 12, 13, I was like, okay, only a couple days left. Now I'm kind of disappointed that I have to walk out of my hotel <laughs> room and, like... You literally went through
0: the stages of grief. It like was. You, you literally... <laughs> yeah, you were right, acceptance right when they let you out. Yeah. So you've actually leveled up karmically, so congratulations. Thank right. you. Congrats. Thank you. You're one stage closer to
1: true nirvana and knowing the meaning Did you watch anything good while you were trapped? Um, other than hockey, because I feel like hockey was all on that second week. That I was there so it was mostly like Netflix movies and TV shows. I did binge like Love Island UK on Hulu. That was my one like trash show that I was like you know what I can just turn this on and it can go on for hours and hours.
0: Uh, You know who loves that show? Who? Pierre-Luc Dubois. (laughs) He loves Love Island? (laughs) Yeah. It was like a random thing that somebody told me yesterday like he did an interview at some point this past year and he was like yeah I binged all of Love Island. I don't even know what it is.
1: It's like so. The UK version, I think, is the original, and they literally have it like yeah. every day. It airs every single day in the UK, so it's like so. Hours. Every season is like a hundred
0: episodes. <laughs> that sounds perfect. Oh, it's yeah. great.
1: It's like the Bachelor and like Too Hot to Handle merged in one.
0: So it's so horny. Yes, it's unfiltered morning.
1: British people.
0: All the beds are in the same room. Yes, right? it's like a dorm setup. Yeah, it's like Sparta yeah it's yeah. Like, just like sparta <laughs> like Sparta, exactly. hey, all the <laughs> men slept together in long long buildings and anyway <laughs> this has nothing that's to do with fun. hockey sorry <laughs> today sam can you tell us what was the process like to go to toronto like, yeah. did you have to say yes i want to go to the bubble or were they like no sam you have to go to the bubble sam did you volunteer as tribute that's what we're trying to ask it right?
1: was like so sam you're young you're single you have no family <laughs> You look like you're going to go to the bubble. No, but it was it was half that and half me being like, you know what, I would go if you want me to go. And the post being like, well, we have the resources. And if we have the resources, why not go? And they're like, we need someone to go. So like, you were the logical person to go. I think it's a good decision all around. You know, if the Caps did make a run, let's, I don't think they are going to make a run. But if they did make a run <laughs> to the Cup or anything like that, like you'd want to be there to like see that all happen. I would feel kind of bad if like we had the chance to do it. And I said, no.
0: I mean, we had been saying for weeks, you know, we're young, mm-hmm. we don't have any attachments, we don't have any kids, yep. like, and then we realized that we don't actually work for anybody who would have the resources or would ever want us in the bubble anywhere near the playoffs. So I know. So next year, when there's another pandemic, we need to find a yeah. benefactor. Okay, to send there us we go. Some- we'll help some that. We're interns, yeah. that's fine. <laughs> Come along. Yeah, wait, I-, I have a dumb question, actually. So whenever the Caps get eliminated, yes. do you also get eliminated? Do you have to go back to D.C.?
1: That is the plan for now, yeah. It seems like I would get a little bit. All ready. right. Yeah, so whenever the caps are out, I will be heading back. Now, do I want to head back to the U.S.? I don't know.
0: Don't do it. No, Can it's I just live here? here?
1: Don't.
0: Yeah. Try and talk your way into a Sportsnet contract while you're there.
1: <laughs> hey, Sportsnet, hello.
0: Talk to us a little bit about where you saw the Caps fitting in with these other 23 teams at the beginning of the restart and how that's played out up until
1: now. So at the beginning of the restart, I think one of the reasons why we decided for me to come was we were pretty confident that the Caps would have a legitimate shot out of title this year just because we felt like the window was closing, the veteran leadership was there, you had Ovechkin, you had Kovalchuk and Brendan Dillon joining the team. Like, it seemed like they were all working. John Carlson, like, all the pieces were there. And then I feel like once I got to the bubble, you see them play three round robin games and it was like a huge downward spiral of okay maybe this actually isn't working i think i predicted on like one of the radio shows was oh like how far do you think the caps are going to go in the playoffs and i said either they're going to flame out in the first round or they're going all the way to the final there's no in between like i just feel like very confident in this is not a good team or this is going to be a great team after the restart
0: that's extremely like classic washington capitals (laughs) too I have a sort of an existential question for both of you. <laughs> so <laughs> okay. uh, so I'm a relatively new hockey fan. I got into it whenever the Caps won their first Stanley Cup a couple years ago. Mm. And you talk about there being the cup window closing as sort of a something that would make you think that they would go further. But it's so funny because I've, I feel like I see so many teams where they know their cup is their cup window is closing. And so they play desperate. Mm. Do you think that's a situation that you're going to see here, if, which is why they might get flamed out by the Islanders, the most boring team in the NHL?
1: Yeah, let's talk about the Islanders. Like, the Caps probably should not lose to the Islanders. For yeah. one one point, they should not lose to the Islanders. But you have Barry Trotz, and I feel so. like
0: <laughs> every other team feels about the Islanders correct? way. Which I think is, it's such a classic Barry Trotz <laughs> hockey method thing. To yes. be like, my team is literally too boring for you to be afraid of, but then we're going <laughs> to kick your ass. Exactly, yeah, yeah. I I mean, they play a really tough defense, right? They're just, yeah. like, smothering. That is so tied to, like, just conditioning. So I feel like as, as the game goes on, they're going to be less effective but I don't know anything I don't work out
1: (laughs) (laughs) what what is working out no but back to like the cup window question I think it's like so the capitals won a cup obviously in 18 and now people are saying like because they're getting older because I don't know my thought process is yeah you would assume that they would want to go for you know their second cup and whatever but just like in a pandemic, mm-hmm. in a bubble situation, do they actually think this is their shot? Like I, I don't know. Right. Like Braden Holpie is on his last year, but could you do it again next year if you still have all the pieces, just minus Brayden Holpe and add in, you know, a young goalie? I don't know. But I think it's just a rough situation. Without the pandemic, I think the caps would have had a way better shot. However, they also were not playing that well before the pause. Mm-hmm. So who knows what like what happened there. Yeah, the window thing is tough, because I feel like, you're right, they should play desperate, they should want to win, but also, they already won, so. (laughs) I remember, I was there. (laughs) I wouldn't want to win
0: another Stanley Cup, one is enough for me.
1: (laughs) One is enough, I can retire now. Yeah, I
0: know, I think another part of it is that, Still, the majority of the guys on the team were on the team in 2018. Yeah, so you don't have a bunch of really, really young, hungry guys who have never been in the playoffs before or have never won a Stanley Cup before, as opposed to like the Abs or the Canucks, where you see and you're like, "Oh, you you really don't want to lose." (laughs) Right. The Caps, I think, are still hungry for that and they Mm -hmm. hate losing. But at the same time, it's kind of been there, done that for a lot of them.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: I also want to ask you about the play-in round when they were just kind of spiraling, Mm -hmm. which, again, a classic Washington Capitals move. What do you think was behind that? Do you think it was a getting adjusted to the bubble thing or was it a Carlson's out, Holtby is suddenly our starter with no real backup?
1: I don't know. I feel like, just talking about Braden specifically, I feel like he did do so well in the round, Robin, and everyone was like, oh, like he is going to be... You know, hitting his start it's at the right fine. time. It's going to be fine. Like, whatever happens in front of him, it'll be okay. Like, they can lose John Carlson, whatever. And now I feel like it's a, oh, well, this is going to get interesting. Uh, we actually
0: do need insurance. Right. Yes. We
1: actually might have needed Ilya Samsonov. <laughs> I think the goaltending situation is going to be super iffy for them just right now. But I mean, you have to ride Holby all the way. Yep. You can't just throw in like a Vitek Vanacek or a Phoenix Copley. The names of which you probably should not know because <laughs>
0: oh no! Like here's <laughs> the thing: do. Phoenix Copley, an old <laughs> an old friend of the pod, Phoenix Copley, who I only really learned about when I like got a suggestion to follow him on Twitter like two years ago. Yeah, and I was like, okay, let's see what this guy is up to. And it was right after I had just started my job at Media Matters, and so I was like looking through his who he was following, and it was just like q accounts and fox news hosts and i was like oh so we are very different people (laughs) oh my god you're like this this is not working so i want to ask you just a little break from hockey i would like to ask you about um some houses so you know how (laughs) the backstrom's house is like terrifyingly white it is
1: it's very how do they
0: do you know how they keep that clean
1: Honestly, I don't. I've seen multiple videos of this house and every time I see it, I'm both in awe about how like perfect it is, but also like very yes. scared about, are the kids allowed to like touch the walls?
0: That's how I feel about the Oshis house yes. too, which is gorgeous. What? You know, it was an architectural digest or whatever, <laughs> but I'm also like, how, how many Clorox wipes do you go through a day just following Lila and Lenny around?
1: Or even the Carlsons too. Like they also have a very nice house with some white walls that are not now white, But like, I don't know, like all those houses are so nice that I'm like, how do you clean them? Like, how does it stay intact? Is it even dirty ever in their houses? I love looking at the Capitals' houses because
0: I feel like they are just so emblematic of who they are. Of (laughs) course, Nikki would have like a completely whitewashed home. Of course, she's would have like a giant TV and lots of dogs. Perfect. I think that's also what you get when you have a core group of guys who are all kind of been playing for the same team for five years and they all have two to four and a half kids (laughs) I never Um, thought about that like the the Capitals core has really stayed together in a way that other teams have not been able to just with free agency and stuff
1: yeah they're just like totally the rock I feel like so I think people are like now scared about the Seattle like expansion draft because they're like
0: oh who are they gonna
1: lose obviously TJ Ochi like is the first name but Mm -hmm. Caps fans are freaking (laughs) out (laughs) in my Twitter (laughs) (laughs)
0: mentions yes I'm so sorry (laughs) What I thought it was going to be Brayden. <laughs> I was fine with that one. Well, he's from the he's from the area. Did you so just see my ent- entire face? Yeah, I, I did. <laughs> yeah. So okay, well. I, I think he'd be down to do it, and then I would have no choice but to also go to Seattle. Yeah, <laughs> is that something that you? I know this is your first year full time covering the Caps. Mm-hmm. Is that something that ha- you've picked up on, like in the locker room, this core group of guys that's known each other for forever?
1: Yeah, I feel like they're all like very friendly with each other. I mean, obviously, like they know each other on the ice, they know each other off the ice. I think I was talking to Brayden before the season. And he was saying how obviously, like they were all really close when they first joined the team, like they're all really young, they're all single, like have girlfriends, whatever. And they start to get older, and they have kids, and everyone's kind of like seeing each other, like have families. Brayden told me something like, yeah, we still like hang out ish, but it's not like I just like pop over to Nick's house and like have a hang. We do that sometimes, but it's I think it's less than they that fans think happen. You know, like they have their own lives, they have their own families off the ice. They're not like hanging out every night in a campfire no, situation. They're scheduling playdates. Correct. Yeah. Yes. It's so interesting
0: that you mentioned the fact the fans like have this outsized view of their camaraderie and friendship because I feel like yes. the Caps are the team, other than the Dallas Stars, unfortunately, who gets <laughs> like projected on the most. Yes. Yes. It's fascinating. <laughs> it's just this collision of Tumblr fandom and hockey fandom, and it just is the Caps, and they think they all kiss each other every night. And God bless. I like it. I like that. That's fine. Who do you? (laughs) Sam, I don't know if I have told you this, but like I am now a third generation Caps fan. because My dad and my dad's dad also grew up in D.C. And Caps fans are the worst people in the world. I mean, they're also the best, but also like their internet behavior to me (laughs) um it's, it's wild it's,
1: I need them to calm down it's wild it's wild my mentions game days are wild my mentions on like any big story ish wild I'm either you're really happy or like the sky is falling and you're about to burn right. everything and everyone should be fired mm-hmm. every single day um or they're like gonna go win the cup yeah it's crazy whole pop got culture thing you publish
0: a story about Tom Wilson right oh I mean the, can't do that not even get <laughs> <good laughs> into that Hey guys, I'm so excited to talk about our partnership with Lifeway Kefir. So, kefir, if you don't already know, is a delicious fermented milk drink. Kind of like a watery yogurt, but in the best way possible. Kefir has many benefits. It's incredibly probiotic, so it's really good for your gut health. It also has a lot of protein, so if you're someone who likes to work out, maybe swig a kefir right before you hit the gym. I found LifeWay Kiefer in the basement of a downtown office building in Chicago, and I immediately became obsessed with their smoothies. If you're lucky enough to live in Chicago, uh, I really recommend getting the green dream smoothie. But if you don't live in Chicago, there's lots of places to buy LifeWay no matter where you are. If you log on to LifeWayKiefer.com and click where to buy, you can input your zip code and find some LifeWay Kiefer near you. Sundays are coming back in the NFL. Well, speaking of drama and what people freak out about, let's talk about the goalie situation. Yeah. Let's talk about Vitek Vanachek finding out after he arrived in Toronto that he would be the number one backup mm-hmm. to Holtby. What was your kind of view of this situation as it was developing?
1: I felt like they would have gone with Copley initially, just because he is the more veteran goaltender. Obviously, he was around the team, he's played couple, in yeah. an NHL
0: game. Yeah, <laughs> you know,
1: like he's not like a young whatever 24, 23 year old, however old he is. So I felt like that would give him the edge. Like it seemed like in camp they were kind of just like switching them out, and they're giving you know Copley some time and Banachek some time with the older guys. Then they got to Toronto, and it's like we can't see practices, we can't see anything that they're working on, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, just kidding. Vitek Banachek is actually going to be the backup. So I feel like it was a little surprising in that sense, but also maybe it plays into like the youth of Manichek and how they like him so much as a prospect. It kind of reminded me of Martin Faravari. He went in for a the other night and everyone was like, that's a great call. Like he's young. They love him so much. And so I feel like it's a, okay, he's a prospect. They really feel like he can do well in the future. Why not give him the shot now?
0: My opinion is, is that like, that's a great way to ruin a prospect. You know what I mean? <laughs> You put him out there, you take him to the worst game ever, the bubble, and like, okay, kid, have him at it. Goalies are like little, they're like little beta fish. They're so sensitive. <laughs> he's going to be rattled for the rest of his little life. Or he could do an incredible job and be super confident. When has a man ever impressed you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... I mm-hmm. was telling Christina this like two nights ago because obviously we were watching some commercial that has been on a thousand times. And I was like, the only two athletes that I have seen in person who I was like, holy shit, on first glance, completely taken aback by their talent and ath- athleticism were mm-hmm. Elena Deladon and Alexander Ovechkin. Yeah. So,
1: this <laughs> one time. <laughs> Just once. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the goalie situation is so interesting, I think, because obviously it's so easy for people to p- start panicking about it. Right. And you had Holt be doing so well in the um, round robin games and then kind of dropping off now. I, I mean, it's only been one game, right. but. That's people's favorite thing to freak out about is, like, well, Braden Holby's done.
1: Right. We should
0: um, <laughs> ship him off to the AHL. Like, sorry. So i yeah. the factory.
1: Right. They're like, oh, yes, the yips. Like, he can't do this. It's over. But also, even if he's relatively not good today or, like, for game two, I don't think you can really throw Vaynerchuk in there like he, he's so young like he hasn't done anything in the NHL really like he doesn't have that experience they didn't really throw him into a round robin situation against Boston or anything like that which is kind of odd. So I just don't feel like they could throw him into game three and say okay kid uh, we're down 0-2 like good luck i like I feel like you have to ride brighton out and hope that he like yeah. finds his groove so I don't think we're gonna see Vaynerchuk but I don't know maybe Todd will prove me wrong. <laughs>
0: Obviously, this is a Barry Trotz, Todd Reardon, weird yeah. reunion. Is that weird for them, or is it weirder for the players, do you think?
1: I feel like the players, like, I don't think they've noticed it. Like, I think, like, they've played, yeah. whatever, two years now since the Cup. I think the players are honestly like, whatever, I'm going to go out on the ice. But they know yeah. that Barry knows them so well. That they're right. probably like, oh, maybe Barry will, like, know my weakness. or I think TJ Oshie said that. He's like, oh, maybe they'll, like, know our weaknesses more. They'll understand Brayden more or something like that. But... I don't think it impacts the players as much as, like, maybe the fans. It's a lot of, like, outside of, like, oh, my God, Todd and Barry. I, th- I think for the coaches, maybe it's more of a, like, going to yeah. prove them yeah. right or, like, going to prove them wrong situation because so
0: many guys on the team are just like workaday guys you know like yeah get out there they go they go and do yeah. their job there's like show like- up
1: TJ she's like i'm just gonna show up and play hockey i don't watch like an ipad on the bench like i just go out and play like it's an instinct thing for him
0: wait who wants to check the ipad who's the nerd who's the nerds of the capitals
1: jacob Verana checks the ipad jacob varana is addicted
0: to the ipad every time there's <laughs> a shot of him on the bench yeah he loves the ipad he's always like showing people stuff on the ipad yeah he's big ipad like, guy please get out of the way jacob varana do you have games on your phone <laughs> I, speaking of Jacob Verona, because he is somebody that I would love to see like explode
1: in yeah, this series, which sure. I think is
0: so hard when you're playing the Islanders and they're just smothering like all of your fastest guys.
1: Mm-hmm. Who
0: are the guys that you would love to see just go on a tear during this series or mm-hmm. if the Caps go on to the next
1: I think Verona does deserve it. I think he had such a great year this year, and he kind of flailed in the playoffs last year. Like, he just wasn't good, and he knows he wasn't good. So I feel like this would be, like, a great breakout chance for him. Like, everyone saw Seth Jones, and now everyone's talking about Seth Jones. I feel like Verona could have that if he, like, started to break out. But I feel like the most likely person would be Kuznetsov if he shows up like he's gonna take the entire spotlight yeah but that's an only like if he shows up scenario because then you have all like the cup comparisons and how he was so good and that's kind of why it led them to the cup so that's the more likely scenario of if he lights it up then the capsule will do well situation but Ronald probably deserves more of a breakout role if he can earn it
0: let's talk about Nicholas Backstrom one yes. of my favorite topics <laughs> this was By the time this comes out, it'll be like two or three nights ago. But game one, the Anders Lee hit Mm -hmm. was the first game that you were there in person for. Yes. (laughs) What was your perception of that while it was happening? Because I know the league is not going to look into it. um, Mm -hmm. And a lot of the players were saying a very classic hockey player thing, which is I haven't seen the replay, but it looked like a late hit. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) What was your perception of that? Do you think that the league is in the right for not taking a closer look at this?
1: I mean, seeing it in person, it was such like a bang bang situation. You saw the hit, I was like, oh, that was kind of bad. But then all of a sudden, you see like Carlson literally flash in there, and I was like, oh, John Carlson's fighting. Oh, that must be more important than whatever Nick did because Nick like got right back up. So it wasn't like a Nick yeah. was lying on the ice situation while this fight was happening, and I would be worried. It was like a oh, like Carlson is in this like wrestling situation with Anderson Lee. <laughs> I think maybe it should have been looked at a little closer, but the rules with. Ice interference calls and then looking at late hits is, yes, of course it's late, but what I was told is there is no excessive head contact and there's no excessive force. So you could argue that like maybe Lee could have pulled up more or he didn't pull up and he said that he did and like that maybe is interesting, but also like the way that Nick's head and neck kind of whiplashed back, it looked like it was excessive force. So I think there's elements there of obviously, like, it was obviously a late hit. It looked really bad. He's now out with a concussion. So clearly, it pretty rocked him pretty hard. But their biggest thing was, is there going to be head contact? And was he, like, aiming for that? And there wasn't. So there's not a lot you can do there. And obviously, others are going to argue that you definitely should have had a suspension. But by the rules, no.
0: (laughs) So I feel like this feeds back into playoff officiating a little bit. Yeah. And the different rules, the unstated rules that seem to exist for the playoffs. And I swear to God, people are going to keep getting hurt like this because they don't have consistent penalties. And so the guys will just do whatever to win. Mm-hmm. But maybe I'm just too sensitive. I don't know. It's one of those situations, the playoffs, where they're going to be mad if they're calling everything and they're going to be mad if they're calling nothing. It's like, OK. Listen, I'm just thinking about wrong. Maybe rewrite the rules <laughs> if you're going to have an issue with it, like like specify things more clearly. But yeah. It's definitely that unique playoff um, vibe of just everybody thinking that Boston is going to win because all the refs (laughs) love Boston.
1: It's definitely Uh, weird. I mean, Rod knows.
0: So back to Backstrom a little bit. So now that he's out of the lineup, do you think that's going to have an impact on the ice against the Islanders, like in any specific bad way for the Caps? It's a huge loss, obviously, for Mm -hmm. the team. But I feel like when they're playing the Islanders, it's playmakers like him who they really, really need.
1: Yeah. I feel like he even. I mean, he one, he just looks like a veteran leader. Like, his voice on the ice, on the bench, like, in the room, whatever, that's going to calm guys down. Like, that's actually going to get them motivated. But also, he is very calm on the ice, too. Like, the way he facilitates things, like, the way he can work the power play, like, it all is very calm. It's not all over the place or, like, super high-energy, like, Hector. So I feel like they're just going to miss that, like, calming presence. But then again, Lars Eller has filled in before for Backstrom, you know, during the cup run. And, like, he did fine. But then you have to look, like, down to your third line center. You have a Travis Boyd still in the lineup who, I mean, you don't want him ideally in that lineup, I don't think. Right. So I just think it maybe creates holes. I think the power play is the, probably the one that is going to be most noticeable. Who goes up for Backstrom's spot? How does that actually work? Then also like the time on ice. That's a lot. That's a lot of minutes that they're going to lose and they're going to have to rely on a Travis Boyd and an Eller to split it, or I don't know how that's going to function. I
0: have a question about his position on the power play. So you say that he brings this like serenity to the ice, but I think their power play needs a little less serenity and a little bit more power. (laughs) So maybe yeah. this just like a great it opening need, spot to get some, to get someone else a little faster, a little nastier in there because that that's piece has been
1: dog shit. It's yeah, it's great. it's been bad. Maybe this is when they bring up Verona to the first power play unit, and then you have the Verona and Alex, and then TJ and Kuznetsov and Carlson. That'd be five. Yeah, so maybe I think that's probably that's probably what they would do. It's bring Verana up. I think he'd work well if they have him on like opposite circles. Yeah, maybe that's exactly. the spark they need.
0: Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. My column. My column.
1: <laughs> Verona on the power play unit.
0: So we're going into game two tonight, and you said earlier that I think we're all in agreement that the Caps are probably not going to make like a very extended run yeah, um, this year unless something goes great for them. And so far, they haven't had that good luck with injuries. Um, yeah. The karmic power of the universe <laughs> seems like it may not be on their side. Yeah, But... What do you think could power them past the Islanders at this point?
1: It's got to be offense, I think. Braden Holke can maybe let in a couple bad goals, but if your offense doesn't even show up and the only two goals you got in the first game was a TJ Oshie power play goal and one was like an awkward bounce of the puck, you need more offense than that, I think. We haven't even really talked about, like, Ovechkin, but he has to show up. Like, he didn't even score in the round robin. He only scored twice in exhibition, and people were like, oh, he's back. He's going to be great. And then all of a sudden, it was like, oh, we went quiet. It's only, you know, round robin. It'll be fine. But then he doesn't show up in game one. And so I think if they have any shot, they have to have Ovechkin score. They have to have Kuznetsov get involved. Like, Wilson's already been involved, like, all over the ice. He can't stop being there. He can't not stop doing that. So, like, you need other guys to create. And it can't just be TJ Oshie also, like, saving a goal on his back at the goal line. So I think that's what's going to have to power them past the Islanders. And also, like, a bend-not-break blue line. They just have to be okay. Not, like, great. They just have to be okay. And kind
0: of just... Stay in one piece um, would be proper. Yeah,
1: preferably, yeah.
0: Here's my idea. More smelling salts. I think that might really (laughs) make the difference with their offense. They'll be zooted. They'll be ready to go. Maybe put some drugs in there, too. Just don't say that. (laughs) Just kidding. Smelling salts, though. I think that's going to be the ticket to their offense. That's your call. (laughs) I have one more question, which is really just me asking. My new favorite Caps player, my adopted Caps player of the year, is probably Brendan Dillon. Yeah. Do you think that they are going to try and re-sign him?
1: Yes, I do. I think they will try to re-sign him. I know they've already had talks. I don't think they're doing anything right now, like, in playoff situations, but, like, I think it's going to be after the playoffs, but I think they really do want to keep him because he does work so well on this blue line, and they need a player like that. I don't know what they're going to do with Orlov. Like, I don't know what that situation is going to work out like, but Brendan Dillon is solid. He, like, has the build of Caps defenders that they normally like, and he just... He, like, fits into the group. Like, he's, like, a guy's guy. He just is very, very nice. He just, like, does boys, whatever. Man. He just hangs out. You could see him, like, being very good friends with all of them, I think. So he so
0: he's a dude's rock kind of fella.
1: Yeah, he's a dude's rock guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can you
0: hang out with other reporters or
1: yes so since we're not like in the bubble technically like we're outside so i can do like whatever i want so like the guys in the bubble pr team like equipment staff all that they have to stay within that secure zone and only eat at the restaurants that are in that secure zone so i can like go to toronto island or i can go to the mall or i could like go out to eat and like do whatever as long as i don't have a high temperature when i walk into the arena
0: how open is toronto right now like are you able to go and do stuff
1: it's pretty open, actually. Like, everyone is, like, walking around with like, masks and stuff like that. But, like, as far... I think they just opened indoor dining last Friday. But for the most part, like, everyone's out. Extended patios, like they're doing in D.C. Everything's all outdoors. It's been super nice. So people are just, like, walking around, honestly. Like,
0: yeah, you should not come back here. Yeah, yeah just
1: stay just- there, dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's what people are saying. They're like, honestly, why would you come back? I'll just, right. like, vacation here for another couple weeks. I'll use my Marriott points.
0: Sam, thank you so much for coming on the show. Of course, always. Thank you for your service <laughs> in your 14-day quarantine. Of yes, course. thank you. Stronger than Lars Zeller, Sam <laughs> Pell. That's going to be my new bio. Stronger than exactly. Laura Zeller.
1: 14 days. <laughs>
0: I saw your tweet about that yesterday, and I was like, I can imagine Sam just on the Zoom call with Lars Eller just being like, oh, you think you're so tough? I know you just had a kid or whatever, but uh, four days is nothing.
1: Let me talk to you. Your room looks great. You had a lot of days. At the end of the day, it was fine. I'm glad I did it. Glad Lars survived his four days.
0: Do you have anything you want to plug? I feel like that's a very good Oh, yeah. Weird where thing can, ask where can people find
1: you? Um, On Twitter. Sadly, I'm always on Twitter. I don't think I want to be on Twitter always, but I am. So it's at SamanthaJPal. And yeah, that's where I put all my stuff. I'll show thewashingtonpost.com. Yeah, you know. Uh, like, yeah, thewashingtonpost.com <laughs> would be great. If you guys want five forward slash
0: <laughs> that'd be great. <laughs> well, thank you again, Sam. And have a great time How's tonight. That? Praying <laughs> that you do not go to overtime. We're thank putting you. good vibes into the universe. Thank for you. That.
1: No overtime yeah. ever.
0: That's all we got today, folks. That's, but that's all, folks. You can call in with your questions or suggestions for next week's episode at 774-318-6952. And heck, follow us on Twitter at PuckBunnies underscore pod. Or on Instagram, where we post a lot more now. At PuckBunniesPod, no underscore. No underscore. If you want to send some money to us, uh, support us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash PuckBunnies. And... Please remember to rate and review us on iTunes or Spotify or the platform of your choice. Once again, thank you so much, Sam, for coming on. It was so fun. And please, everybody, let's hope that Sam's overtime curse does not continue in the bubble and that the Caps have the dignity to lose in regulation to the Islanders. Or win. Glass half full. I'm Christina. I'm Audrey. And this has been Puck Funnies. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye.
1: black